Chapter 24 of The Box with the Broken Seals by E. Phillips Oppenheim. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Captain Richard Beverly, on his way through the hotel smoking room to the Savoy Bar, stopped short. He looked at the girl, who had half risen from her seat on the couch with a sudden impulse of half-startled recognition. Her little smile of welcome was entirely convincing. "'Why, it's Nora Sherry!' he exclaimed. "'Nora?' "'Well, I'm glad you recognized me at last,' she said, laughing. "'I tried to make you see me last night in the restaurant, but you wouldn't look.' He seemed a little dazed, even after he had saluted mechanically, held her hand for a moment, and sank in the place by her side. "'Nora Sherry,' he repeated. Why, it was really you, then, dining last night with that fellow Crawshay? Of course it was, she replied, and I recognized you at once, even in your uniform. You know that Jocelyn Thew is here? You saw him with us last night? Yes, I know. Stop a moment, Richard Beverly went on. Let me think, Nora. Jocelyn Thew must have seen you dining with Crawshay. How does that work out? He doesn't mind, she replied. Let that stuff alone for a time. I want to look at you. You're fine, Dick. But what does it all mean? I couldn't stick the ranch after the war broke out, he confessed. I moved up into Canada and took on flying. You are fighting out there in France? "'Have been for six months. Some sport, I can tell you, Nora. I've got a little machine gun. That's a perfect daisy. Gee, I've got to pull up. The hardest work we fellows have sometimes is to remember that we mustn't talk about our job. They used to call me undisciplined. I'm getting it into my bones now, though. Why, Nora, this is queer. I guess we're going to have a cocktail together, aren't we?' She nodded. He called to a waiter and gave an order. Then he turned and looked at her appreciatively. "'You're looking fine,' he declared. She smiled with pleasure at the undoubted admiration in his tone. In the new and fashionable clothes which she had purchased during the last few days, the artistically coffered hair, the smart hat, and carefully thought-out details of her toilet, she was a transformed being, in no way different from the half-dozen other young ladies who are gathered with their escorts at the further end of the room. "'I'm glad you think so,' she replied. "'Seems to me. I've had nothing else to do since I got here but buy frocks and things.' He looked at her in a puzzled fashion. "'You didn't come over with Jocelyn Thew, did you, Nora?' "'Of course I didn't,' she answered indignantly. "'If you want to know the truth, "'it looks as though there was going to be trouble at Fourteenth Street. "'Dad made a move out west, "'and I had a fancy for making a little trip this way.' "'Kind of lonesome, isn't it?' he asked. "'In a way,' she sighed. "'Still, I'm going on presently "'to where I fancy I shall meet a few friends.' "'And meanwhile,' he remarked, you're still friendly with Jocelyn Thew, and you dined last night, didn't you, with the man 
who has sworn to hunt him down. She shrugged her shoulders. You know what I think of Jocelyn, too, she said. I'm crazy about him, and always shall be. But I've never seen him look twice at a woman yet in his life. I never expect to, Dick. Yes, Nora. May I ask you a question, straight? Of course. Don't think I mean to say a word against Jocelyn Thew. He's a white man through and through, and I think if there was any woman in the world he cared for, she would be his slave. But he's a desperate man. Even now, the police are trying to draw their net around him. It was all very well for you when you were painting New York red to choose your friends where it pleased you. But your sister? She's different, isn't she? What they call over on our side a society bell? I'm not saying that there is a single person in the world too good for Jocelyn Thew to sit down with. But at the present moment, well, he's hard up against it. Things might happen to him, you know, Dick. For a moment, the young man was silent. His eyes seemed to look through the walls of the room, seemed to conjure up some specter from which a moment later he shrank. You see, Nora, he explained, dropping his voice a little, there was just one time when Jocelyn Thew stood by me like a brick. I was hard up against it, and he saved me. She leaned a little closer to him. I've often wondered, she murmured. That was the affair down at the Murchison Country House, wasn't it? Richard Beverly assented silently. Guess we'll drink these cocktails, he said, watching the waiter approach. Flying takes something out of you all the time, you know, Nora. And although when I'm up, my nerves are like a rock, I sometimes feel a little shaky at leave time. Drink, she asked tersely. I quit that more or less, he assured her. Still, I have been taking some these last few days. Finding Catherine over here with Jocelyn Thew hanging around gave me kind of a shock. You weren't best pleased to see them together, I should think, were you? No, he admitted a little sullenly. You're angry with him, aren't you? Kind of, he confessed. I wouldn't have complained at anything he asked me to do, but it was a low-down trick to get Catherine into this trouble. His eyes shone out with a dull anger. She watched him curiously. Dick, you're not the boy you were, she sighed. Guess you're sorry you ever came to that supper party at the Knickerbocker, aren't you? He turned and looked at her. He was only twenty-two years old, but... There were things in his face from which a man might have shrunk. Yes, I am sorry, he confessed. I'm not blaming anybody, but I shall be sorry all my life. Jocelyn Thew treated you very much as he did me, she went on. He carried you off your feet. You thought him the most wonderful thing that ever lived. It was the same with me. He has never given as much of himself as his little finger and never even looked at me as though I were a human being. But I'd have scrubbed floors for him a month after we first met. It was just the same with you, only you were a man. You'd have committed murder for his sake a week after the party. Murder? 
He gave a sudden start, a start that amazed her. His hand was upon her shoulder. His eyes, red with fury, were blazing into hers. "'What are you saying, Nora? What's that?' She was speechless, paralyzed by that little staccato cry. A group of people near looked round. She laughed shrilly to cover the intensity of the moment. "'No need to get excited,' she exclaimed. "'Pull yourself together,' she went on under her breath. "'Waiter, two more cocktails.' He recovered himself almost at once, but the strained look was there about his mouth. "'Nerves, you see,' he muttered. "'I shall be all right when I get back to France.' She laid her hand gently upon his arm. "'Dick,' she said, "'you are often upon my conscience. You were such a nice boy back in those days. Everything that's happened to you seems to have happened since you met Jocelyn Thew that night. He has got some sort of hold, hasn't he? What is it? The young man moistened his dry lips. The waiter brought their cocktails, and he drank his greedily. I'll tell you, Nora, he promised. Perhaps it'll do me good to listen to how the story sounds as I tell it. First of all, let us have the thing straight. Jocelyn Thew never helped me in the trouble. I was in it right up to the neck when I met him. You kept it to yourself, she murmured curiously. Because I was a fool, he answered, and because I believed I could pull things straight. But anyway, I was owing Dan Murchison seventy thousand I'd lost at poker. He was kind of shepherding me. He was a rough sort, Dan, and he had an ambitious wife, and I had a name he liked. Well, he was given a weekend party down at that place of his on the Hudson. He asked me, or rather ordered me, down. I was only too glad to go. Then Mrs. Murchison chipped in, wanted my sister, wanted to put it in the paper. Catherine kicked, of course. So did I. Murchison, for the first time, showed his teeth, and we both went. Jocelyn Thew was another of the guests. Tough, wasn't it? Hell, on the way down. I don't know why, but I was feeling pretty desperate. I told Jocelyn Thew how I stood with Murchison. He listened, but he didn't say much. He never does. It was a rotten party, common people, one or two professional gamblers, a lot of florid, noisy, overdressed, giggling women. After the women were supposed to have gone to bed, we sat down to what Dan Murchison called a friendly game, a hundred dollars an ante, and a thousand rays. Jocelyn Thew played, three other men, and Murchison. After about an hour of it, I'd lost over $20,000. The others had it between them, except Jocelyn. And about his play, there was a very curious thing. He put in his ante regularly when it came to him. But he never made a single bet. Murchison turned to him once. Say, you must be having rotten cards, Mr. Thew, he said. Jocelyn shook his head very deliberately. I can hear his reply even now. Kind of quiet it was, and deliberate. I don't fancy my chances of winning at this game. 
I knew what he meant later. I didn't tumble to it at the time. We played to two o'clock. God knows how much I lost. Then Murchison called the game off. He locked up his winnings in a little safe let into the wall. I was standing by him drinking, and I saw the combination. Jocelyn Thew was sitting quietly by himself, as though deep in thought. We all got up to bed somehow. I sat for some hours at the open window. Pretty soon I got sober, and I began to realize what had happened. And all the time I thought of that safe, chock full of money, and the combination ready set. I heard Catherine moving about in her room, and I knew that she was waiting for me to go in and say good night. I wouldn't. I put on a short jacket instead of my dress coat, and I took an electric torch out of my dressing case, and I went downstairs. I made up my mind, Nora. I meant to rob that safe. She was carried away by his narrative. He had let himself go now, speaking in short, quick sentences. Yet his plain words seemed to paint with a marvelous vividness the story he told. It seemed to her that she could see it all, could realize what he went through. "'Go on, Dick,' she whispered. "'I understand.' "'Well, I got down into the room all right, and I got the safe open. And there was the money, and, right facing me, my letters and bonds, and pretty well a hundred thousand dollars in cash. And then I saw the lights flare up, and Murchison was there in his shirt and trousers. "'So that's your game, is it, Richard Beverly?' he said. There were two of the others with him who'd been playing cards. They were there, three strong men, and I was a thief. I felt limp. I hadn't an ounce of resistance in me. Murchison stood there, showing his ugly teeth, his small eyes full of anger. "'So you're a thief, are you, Richard Beverly?' he went on. I couldn't speak. At that moment, they could have done just what they liked with me. And then the door opened very quietly and closed again. Jocelyn Thew came in. I saw Murchison's face. I tell you, Nora, it was something you wouldn't forget in a hurry. "'Is anything wrong?' Jocelyn Thew asked calmly. One of the guests pointed to Murchison and me. We heard footsteps, he explained. Dan called me, and I followed him down. Young Beverly there was at the safe. Probably helping himself, Jocelyn said, in that same smooth, dangerous tone, to his own money. To what? Murchison cried. To his own money, Jocelyn repeated, coming a little nearer. You know Murchison well enough what I mean. You and your two confederates here. You're nothing more or less than common card sharpers. I took a pack of your cards upstairs. I needn't say anything more. I think you'd better give the boy back his money. I meant to wait until tomorrow. Fate seems to have anticipated me. How much did you lose, Richard? Dan Murchison strode up to him, and I saw one of the other men go for his hip pocket. Will you take that back? Murchison demanded. Not on your life, Thew replied. Murchison went for him, but he hadn't a dog's chance. I never saw such a blow in my life. 
Jocelyn hit him on the point of the chin, and he went over like a log. Cut his head against the fender. He lay there groaning, and I swear to you, Nora, that I'm not a coward, but I couldn't move. My knees were shaking. The two of them went for Jocelyn, and before they could get there, the door opened, and a third man came in. Jake Hannaway, the most dangerous of the lot. Jocelyn kept the other two off and half turned his head towards me, where I was standing like a gibbering, nerveless lunatic. "'I think you'd better take a hand, Richard,' he said. Nora gasped a little and laid her hand upon his sleeve. "'Don't, Dick,' she begged. "'Not for a moment. I can't bear it. Just a moment.' She clutched at the side of settee. Richard Beverly simply sat still, looking through the walls of the room. There was not the slightest change in his face. He just waited until Nora whispered to him. Then he went on. I won't tell you about the fight, he said. I wasn't much use at first. Jocelyn was there, taking two of them on and butting in sometimes against Hannaway, who tackled me. Then I began to get my strength back, and I think I should have settled Hannaway. But the door opened softly, and I saw Catherine's face. She gave a little shriek, and Jake Hannaway got me just at the back of the head. I was pretty well done in, but Thew suddenly swung round and caught Jake Hannaway very nearly where he had hit Murchison. Down he went like a log. I stood there swaying. I can see the room now. A table overthrown, glasses and flower vases all over the floor, and those two men looking as though they meant to murder Thew. They rushed at him together. He dodged one, but his strength was going. Then for the first time he sprang clear of them. Got his back to the wall. I won't spin it out. He shot one of them through the shoulder. The other one had had enough and tried to bolt. Jocelyn Thew was just too quick for him. He flung a heavy candlestick and got him somewhere on the neck. There they all were now, Murchison, sitting up and dabbing his face, half conscious, one of the others groaning and streaming with blood, the other lying just as though he were dead. Jocelyn Thew turned and spoke to Catherine. I can hear his voice now, I swear, Nora. There wasn't a quaver in it. I'm afraid, Miss Beverly, he said, that your brother has unwittingly brought you into a den of thieves. I had my suspicions, and my car, instead of being at the garage, is under the shrubs there. One moment. He stepped out into the hall, brought a coat, and threw it around her. Then he turned to me. Empty the safe, Richard, he ordered. I obeyed him. There was all the money I owed Murchison there, and a lot of other stuff. We stepped out of the French windows. Jocelyn moved the leg of one of those men on one side and held the window open for Catherine to pass through. I can tell you he set the switch and started his car without a tremor. Catherine was nearly fainting. I was still fogged. He drove us into New York with scarcely a word. It was daylight when we reached our house in Riverside Drive. 
he drove up to the front door. "'Perhaps if you don't mind, Richard,' he said, "'you could lend me an overcoat. "'People are quite content to accept us as night joyriders, "'but I am scarcely respectable for anything "'in the shape of a close examination.' "'Then I saw that he was all over blood on one side. "'Catherine took him away and sponged him, "'although he laughed at it. "'Then he had me in the study, and together "'we went through the stuff we'd brought away. "'He made me keep what Murchison had done me out of, "'and the rest he made into a packet, "'addressed ready for posting, "'and left it on the table.' For anything else that may happen, Dick, he said, we must take our chance. I've had my suspicion of that man Murchison for a long time. My own opinion is that we shall hear nothing more about the matter. Nora turned and looked at her companion with big, startled eyes. But it was Jake Hannaway, she exclaimed, who they accused of making a row. He stopped her without impatience but firmly. Jake Canaway died the next day, he said. I must have hit him harder than I thought, or Jocelyn did. He had no relatives, no friends. Murchison put the whole trouble down to him, admitted that there was a row over a game of cards and a free fight. The other two swore exactly the same story. Our names, mine and Jocelyn's, were never brought in. Murchison never came near me again. I have never seen him since. That's the whole story. What about the police examination? she asked curiously. I know no more than you do, he replied. I expect Murchison had a pull, and he was terrified of Jocelyn Thew. I, I went to Jake Hannaway's funeral, the young man went on, with a slight quiver in his tone. I've seen his face, Nora, up in the clouds. I've seen it when I've been flying ten thousand feet up. Suddenly, a little piece of the black sky would open, and I'd see him looking down at me. There was a brief silence. From somewhere, through the repeatedly opened swing doors, came the rise and fall of music played from a distant orchestra. There were peals of laughter from a cheerful party at the other end of the little room. Nora patted her companion's arm gently, and his eyes and manner became more natural. "'It's done me good to tell you this,' he said, half apologetically. "'Catherine's the only other living creature I've dared to speak to about it. And she was there, she saw. Nora, that man can fight like a tiger.' Hush, she whispered, here he comes. The swing door was opened, and Jocelyn Thew, back from his visit to the box office at the Alhambra, entered the room. He raised his eyebrows a little as he saw the pair. Then he advanced towards them. Do you know, for the moment, I had quite forgotten, he confided, as he sank into an easy chair by their side. Of course, you two are old acquaintances. Nora murmured something. Richard Beverly rose to his feet. "'Well, I'd better be getting along,' he said. "'It's been fine to see you again, Nora,' he added, taking her hand in his. "'See you later, Thu.' He nodded with something of his old jauntiness and swung out of the room. 
They both watched him in silence. Not quite the man he was, Jocelyn Thew observed thoughtfully. Is it my fancy, I wonder, or does he drink a few too many cocktails when he's on leave? Richard Beverly's all right, Nora answered. He is more sensitive than he seems. And there's an ugly little corner in his life to live down. He's doing the best he can to atone, Jocelyn, she went on, with a sudden earnestness in her tone. You're going to leave him alone, aren't you? You haven't any scheme in your head for making use of him. One never knows, was the cool reply. She looked at him curiously. Jocelyn, she said, you're a hard man. You set your hand to a task, and you don't care who in the world you sacrifice to gain your end. You were a fine friend to Richard Beverly once, but surely his sister has done her best to pay his debt. Don't do anything that will make him ashamed of the uniform he wears. Very pretty, he murmured approvingly, but I must take you back to your own words. They were true enough. When I have a task to perform, when I pledge myself to a certain thing, I do it, and I make use of those whom fate puts in my way. Richard Beverly and his sister are a very attractive couple, but if circumstances decree that they are the pawns by means of which I can win the game, then I must make use of them. Dear me, he added, my friend Crawshay, I fear that I shall be de trop. Nora turned to greet the newcomer, and Thew sauntered away with a little bow of farewell, quite courteous, even gracious. With the handle of the door in his hand, however, he paused and came back. My friend Crawshay, he said, one word with you. Crawshay turned around. With pleasure. Those henchmen of yours, they're so stupid, so flagrantly obvious. I'm a good-tempered person, but they irritated me this afternoon at Euston. What can I do? Crawshay asked. However, you must not let them get on your nerves. They follow you about only as a matter of form. We must keep up the old legends, you know. When, he added, dropping his eyeglass and polishing it slowly, when we really come to the end of this most fascinating little episode, I do not fancy that you will have cause to complain of our methods. Jocelyn Thew smiled. Your cryptic words have struck the right note, he confessed. The thrill of fear is in my veins. One more word, though. Miss Nora Sherry is an old friend of mine. There's a tie between us at which you could not guess. Lavish your attentions on her in the hope of hearing something which will prove to your advantage. But do not trifle with her affections. If you do, I shall constitute myself her guardian, and there will be trouble. Crawshay, trouble. Once more he turned away with a smile at Nora and a little nod to Crawshay. He passed through the door and disappeared, erect, lithe, and graceful. Nora looked after him, and her eyes were filled with admiration. I think, she sighed, although I'm getting fonder of you every moment, Mr. Crawshay, she added, as she saw from underneath the tissue paper the huge bunch of white roses he was carrying. 
that my money will go on Jocelyn Thew. End of chapter 24